Hello, this is Andrea Nakayama, and today I'll be mapping nutrition on the 15-Minute Matrix. Welcome to today's special New Year's episode of the 15-Minute Matrix. The 15-Minute Matrix is, as I hope you know, the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use what I truly believe is the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. It's the tool that allows us to map and assess even the most complex cases. And after a full year of podcast episodes, 56 to be exact, I wanted to kick our new year off with this special episode. Please do think of it as my holiday gift to you. One that's filled with immense gratitude for your support of the podcast and all we do at the Functional Nutrition Alliance and Functional Nutrition Lab to change the way we do healthcare. As you likely know, changing the way we do healthcare is necessary, especially when it comes to chronic health issues. And I believe we can only make those necessary changes together as an army of practitioners working together from our different scopes, passions, and areas of expertise to see each other and every case individually and holistically. If you're here with me now, you likely know that there is no one-size-fits-all approach that works, especially when it comes to diet and lifestyle modification. That may work for 80% of the population, that one size, and it will likely not work for the remaining 20%. You may have found yourself in that population left behind or treat that population in your clinic every single day, or like me, both. Today, I want to take the time to slow down and map nutrition onto the matrix. Why? Because I still believe that we're getting nutrition all wrong. Nutrition is not a dietary theory like keto or Mediterranean or AIP. Nutrition is not obtained through a multivitamin or a meal replacement shake. Nutrition is not a superfood like collagen or maca or tulsi or even liver. So what is nutrition? Recently, I asked some full body systems students what they thought nutrition to be. I received answers with some hows, go slowly and meet patients where they are with their needs for dietary change. And some what's, bring in green smoothies to get some great nutrients in a delicious package and let them feel the difference. And one student answered with a pure definition, a definition that I think bears our attention. Nutrition is the process of taking in food and using it for growth, metabolism, and repair. This is where it gets really interesting. What if growth, metabolism, and repair have different physiological requirements dependent on the individual? Well, I'm here to tell you that they do. And this is why a personalized approach to diet and lifestyle modification is key for our success and the future of healthcare. 
I'd like to head over to the Matrix to walk us through this in just a bit of detail. There is so much more than I can cover in 15 minutes on this special episode, and that is essentially the work that we do in the Functional Nutrition Lab's full body systems. Today, I want us to put aside the psychological aspects for the most part, the areas where we want to meet patients where they are in terms of execution of dietary change so that they can stick with it and see sustainable results. We'll focus more today on the physiological aspects that impact nutrition recommendations, and hopefully we'll come back and focus on that psychological area in a later episode. So let's head over and pull up today's matrix now. While looking at today's functional nutrition matrix that is mapping nutrition, I want to start us with the story. That's the left side of the functional nutrition matrix, the ATMs, the antecedents, triggers, and mediators. And what we need to understand when we're looking at a patient or a client's story is how these are the epigenetic factors that have impacted the expression of signs, symptoms, and diagnosis. This is a patient's story, and it's not to be ignored when we're trying to understand nutrition recommendations. So I have taken the opportunity to list just a few examples for you, but if we start with the antecedents, those genetic factors that we get so enticed by, we have to think about ancestry, we have to think about those alleles or those single nucleotide polymorphisms, and we have to think how these aspects might impact this individual's ability to take in nutrition. Of course, by now we're all familiar with the MTHFR mutation, and we understand that this shifts a patient's need for dietary folate, which is, is an upstream factor to many downstream conditions. So this individual who has MTHFR polymorphisms, if expressed needs to eat more leafy greens, egg yolks if they're tolerated, chicken liver, and take a methylated folate. Now, I only think of genetic testing as a backdrop to most of the situations that we're looking at in clinic. It's like the wallpaper in the background because we don't know if those single nucleotide polymorphisms are turned on or off. So we can work with aspects like these foods as tolerated and methylated folate in a B complex as tolerated because not everybody tolerates them the same as uh, non-negotiables. If we're looking at helping somebody who is not well, that 20% of the population. But we can see how the, that factor is going to lead to an individualized approach. What else? An easy one to think about is lactose intolerance. Some cultures have lactose intolerance after their young childhood and others do not. So 
this impacts what is good or bad. We can't say that uh, raw, unpasteurized dairy is good for everybody because it won't be if they have lactose intolerance or if they have other immune factors that prevent them from um, receiving the nutrients in the raw dairy. So it's not about the food. It's more about what the body can do with the food, which is why we have to understand the truth of the full body systems. There's other factors that affect the the antecedents and how that might impact what kind of dietary uh, recommendations we make for a patient or client. Triggers, of course, are also going to impact the recommendations that we make. We have to think if somebody is on any uh, drugs, any medications that act as drug muggers, meaning that they are taking nutrients from the body or they're depleting nutrients from the body that then become deficiencies. So we could think about this in relation to the pharmaceutical drug metformin, which robs the body of B12, or statin drugs, which rob the body of its production of CoQ10 necessary for cellular and mitochondrial function. So we think about this in terms of what does this person need in terms of what are the non-negotiables for them and where might there be deficiencies that we must address. Of course, repeat antibiotics are going to impact the individual's microbial terrain and diversity, and it becomes part of our therapeutic thinking in addressing that person's diet and lifestyle modification. And even pregnancy depletes the body of certain essential fats because the baby in utero is taking as much of those essential fats as it can to help its brain and nervous system develop. So mama gets depleted in the numbers of pregnancies that she has and birth order starts to matter because there's less and less available for the individual. So can you see how the full body systems gives us an insight into what nutrition can really be as opposed to thinking through a one-size-fits-all approach. And we'll come back to where the one-size-fits-all matters in terms of nutrition. And again, I want to uh, really ground us in this basis that nutrition, by definition, is the process of taking in food and using it for growth, metabolism, and repair. And the needs of an individual for growth, metabolism, and repair are different. So if we think about this through the lens of imbalances, growth is going to be impacted by a child who has issues in their GI tract. I've worked with a number of children who have Crohn's or colitis, and despite eating a healthy diet, they are still having failure to thrive because they can't utilize the nutrients being brought into their body. There's physiological repair that needs to happen in order for growth to occur. So this is where we think through the clinical or physiological lens. 
metabolism, of course, will be impacted by the hormones, by the entire endocrine system. And there are a number of factors that will impact metabolism, including environmental toxins, detoxification, oxidative stress, and of course, the skills arena like sleep. Sleep has a huge impact on metabolism, as does exercise and movement. And that process needs to be as bio-individual as any other process. You can see as we move into the story on The Matrix, that's the central part of The Matrix, that I've done a number of other things to show you some examples of where one person's food is another person's poison. I talked earlier about eggs, but eggs are a top inflammatory food while also being the best source of choline, one of our necessary nutrients, and also of folate. So where do we start to see that even if a food is good, that it may not be good for the individual? And how do we engage in the process of that discovery of what's necessary for each and every individual that we are treating or making recommendations for. So if you move around the central part of the matrix, you can see how an understanding of that full body systems, of how detoxification functions, of how the endocrine system functions, of how the GI, the gastrointestinal tract functions, of how the immune system functions, that physiological understanding starts to inform how we use food as medicine. The two work together. It's not just what we eat, but how our bodies can utilize what we eat. And that's different for each and every individual that we're seeing. When we think about the skills section of the matrix, that's the right side of the matrix. What I like to think of as the core basics, sleep and relaxation, exercise and movement, nutrition and hydration, stress and resilience, and relationships and networks, we also need to think through this bio-individual lens. This is in part where some of that psychological realm comes into play and where we think about the art of meeting a client or patient where they are, but we also need to think about where these core basics have an impact, positive or negative, on an individual's health and function, where, like I said, with exercise, we need to think bio-individually, where is over-exercising creating more signs, symptoms, and problems in the body, and where is it necessary to find the right form of exercise for healing, such as burst exercise for addressing adrenal issues or more gentle exercise that can support uh, full body pain or autoimmunity? Where do we bring in the right approaches for the individual instead of basing our recommendations on theory? This is really where I want to get you thinking And in my effort here to map this out for you and to talk about what is nutrition, I am not aiming to scare you or deter you from using food as medicine. 
I do want you to remember that 80% of the people out there, especially those eating what we term to be a standard American diet, do need a mere dietary cleanup. They need to eliminate the processed foods and chemicals and to eat a whole foods diet that is diverse in nutrients and colors. Even the 20% that will later need further recommendations will need to start with this initial cleanup. It's the first step in what I call clearing the muddy waters. And yet, if we are truly to use food as medicine, to reverse the insults of the prior epigenetic factors that led to signs, symptoms, or diagnoses, we need to understand how to further clear the mud from the muddy waters. We need to understand how nutrients impact the function of the full body systems. And we need to use the evidence that is physiology and physiological function to help direct us in what is needed next and why and what the body's response means when it responds positively or negatively. We take that information and we use it as part of our ongoing assessment. So this is deeper work than a patient can find in a handout or on the internet, as I've said. This is the work of a new paradigm of thinking, where diet and lifestyle modification take their true place in the realm of clinical intervention, as we all know that they should. And this is work that we can do. This is work that is not uh, rocket science. It is really just understanding how food meets physiology, what I like to think of, of the symbiosis between the two. And not just food, but all diet and lifestyle modifications meet and impact the physiological systems. I look forward to spending the coming year unpacking more of the truths of functional nutrition with you in our fast-growing community of change makers in medicine. I want to wish you a really happy new year, and I also want to invite you to continue this discourse with me. How does this land for you? And when we talk about what is nutrition, what comes up for you? You can always email us about this topic or ideas for any others at ask at 15minutematrix.com. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15-Minute Matrix team includes my son, Gilbert Nakayama, along with Carla Schaefer on sound production, Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook. Get ready for some new music in the new year. Gilbert is busy upgrading our sound, and we're so pleased to have Carla on board to lighten some of his load. And remember, you can always let us know if you'd like to receive a notification in your inbox that a new podcast is ready for you, you can let us know at 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Again, happy new year to you. And thanks for being part of this amazing community of practitioners.